Demon spirits are working overtime these days. And they're seeking to confuse the minds of our children. They're using school curricula. They're using the internet. They're using TikTok. They're using Facebook big time. Snapchat. And they're seeking to convince our children that God's way doesn't matter. But the, pro, the, the person, Solomon, wrote Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And my dear friends, if you're a parent, you should be in your child's business. I have four children, eight grandchildren. We were in our children's business. Business, we said in South Carolina, business. Now, you know, my last one graduated from high school in 2010. And uh, the first one graduated in 2000, what was it, one? One, Jonathan, one, yeah. And uh, so we had two in between. But nonetheless, uh, you know, we didn't allow. And, you know, I think uh, uh, iPhones and all that, uh, the um, smartphones come in vogue about 2007. Uh, iPads uh, came in vogue about 2009. I bought one 2010. Prior to that, it was a little more challenging to get on the internet. You had to, you know, go to a computer, et cetera, et cetera. But now that the world has changed so much, uh, the smartphones we have now are much stronger than the personal computers I had many years ago. And if you're a parent, you should be in your child's business. And if there's a way you can circumvent them getting on the internet in their room, you should do that. Did you hear me? If they're on the computer at your home, you ought to know what they're on. Go back and search the history and don't allow them to clear it. And don't let them into that mess. Because I'm telling you, it's a road straight to hell. And children get these kinds of images and thoughts in their minds at a young age. It's very difficult to get it out. How many hear me? So the enemy knows that. And those seeking to change American culture know that if they can win the children, they'll win the culture. And that's why they're seeking to infiltrate our public school system. Uh, somebody mentioned this to me, and I heard this many years ago. Uh, I forgot the guy's name was president of the Southern Baptist Convention many years ago, some eight, nine years ago. He said, if you have your children in public school, you should pull them out as a Christian. Get them out of public education because it's a hellhole now. Martin Luther said, if you take God out of education, then schools will become gaping halls of hell. And that's exactly come to pass in America. So parents, I can't encourage you enough, be in your children's business. I knew who, we knew who our children were with and we're not perfect parents. Our children aren't perfect people, but we got a wonderful God and we tried to do the right thing. But you know, uh, you know, when my children were single digit, I determined whose houses they went to, who their friends were. When they got a little older, I still determined who their friends were. They had to talk to me. And then only as they got older, 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 upper teen years, did we let them make some choices. My children never had a phone until uh, graduation day high school. But see, that was way back then. I know things are different now, and I know their curriculum many times that they have to be on an iPad or something else at school. But friends, you've got to find a way to deal with this. The devil's after your children. And your grandchildren. How many hear me? So, 
You need, to, you need to really be in your children's faces, fellowship with them, take them on walks, go get them ice cream. I dated all my three daughters. We went for a date, got ice cream. We just talked and didn't know what I was doing. I'm just looking, I'm just looking eyeball to eyeball. What you doing? I'm trying to see what kind of boys trying to mess with them. I'm trying to see what kind of girls, what kind of friends are in their life. I took my son out and we go bike ride and do this and that and all of them did. I just sit down with them and just talk. How you doing? And just listen inside. And you know, the moment, here's what happened. The moment the way they lived went awry, I knew full well there's somebody who shouldn't be in their life. And we tagged it every time. Susan was that way, I was that way. I just can't encourage you enough. The people, you know, somebody said it's really true. This is actually uh, J. Oswald Sanders in his book, Spiritual Leadership, uh, said, the person you are five years from now will be determined by the friends you entertain and the kind of books you read. So that's why it's important for all of us. Watch who you're hanging out with. Hanging around with good people. First Corinthians 15, 33, be not deceived. Why do you say be not deceived? Because there's potential to be deceived. Uh, evil companionships, corrupt and deprave, good morals, good manners, and good conduct. That's Amplified New Testament, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. So you gotta watch who you hang out with. When I came to Jesus, I just had to make a decision. I had friends that were my friends since age three. That's before I started school. We were in church together, but we were crazy to get. They were not good for me. And uh, I had to make a decision when I came to Jesus. I'm cutting that off. I love them, but I would not fellowship with them. Now, if they want to talk to me, that's fine. But I'm not going where they go. And I'm not going to be smoking reefer. And I'm not going to be drinking with them. And I'm not going to party with them. I'm not going into that atmosphere because it pulled me away from God. How many hear me? And you got to make those kinds of choices. And uh, any girl, if you got a girlfriend, a boyfriend, and all they want is sex, best thing you'll ever do is leave them alone. Because that is a road to hell. The fornicator, the adulterer will not be found in heaven unless they repent of their sin and stop doing what they're doing. The homosexual, the practicing homosexual, and the practicing lesbian will not be found in heaven unless they repent of their sin. See how quiet it gets when I talk about this? That's all over our culture, y'all. And everybody acts like it's okay. No devils are involved in that. Demons are involved in that. Where the spirit of the Lord is, is, however, there is freedom. So you talk to your children. Talk to your grandchildren about it. If you talk to your grandchildren, you've got to get permission from your children. Because the people that have responsibility over their children are parents first, right? Talk to your children. If your children are letting things in, go talk to them. If you're a grandparent, talk to your children first. So with your permission, I'd like to chat with Sally, Susie, Johnny, Henry, whatever. You know, on the other hand, there is a moving of God. There is a moving of the Holy Spirit that God wants us to enter into. How many hear me? He wants it so desperately. At the same time, see, it's a conflict. It's a huge, a huge fight. We're in a battle. I, I, Paul couldn't have said it any better in Ephesians 6. We don't wrestle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I just picked up in my thoughts. It came from the Holy Ghost. There are people in the room, you've got friends who are dealing in occult practices. You've got friends who are dealing with magic. 
Oh, they call it white magic. Witchcraft. That stuff will lead you straight to hell. Very clear in the book of Deuteronomy, God told his covenant people have nothing to do. This is the strangest thing, y'all. It's crazy. I just stand up and stuff just, my goodness. Y'all okay? See, my mind is so didactic, just, you know, and this is so not that way. It's just crazy. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, this is Deuteronomy 18.9, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations, the detestable acts, the margin of this King James Bible reads. New King James. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. That's the fire of Molech. Molech was an idol that had outstretched arms that made a circle, and they would put like tar on the arms, and then they would light it and it would burn. And then they would take their children and pass them through the fires of Molech, dedicating their children to that false god. Now, we don't worship false gods that way in America, but Molech is alive in in America. If you have anything to do with abortion, my friends, the spirit of Molech is the spirit of abortion. And it causes people to abort their babies. Now, sex is so, so important that if you get pregnant having sex, well, just have the girl abort the baby. My friends, that is sacrificing a baby to Molech. And you'll get the curses. You'll get demon spirits invading your life. That's the reason. There's no condemnation here. But if you're sitting here and you've had an abortion, you've had to fight off thoughts ever since then unless you've thoroughly repented and said, God, I took a human life and I ask your forgiveness. Let your mercy be on me. Forgive me for my sin. How many hear me? Because abortion is murder. But... We have Molech today, and that's what he's saying here. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. Or watch, one who practices witchcraft. Or a soothsayer. Let's talk about witchcraft. The Greek word for witchcraft, you know that's the Greek word pharmakia. We get pharmaceuticals. Now, there are some drugs that will help you, you know, if you got, you know, different diseases and such, and they're proven as medications to help. But I'm talking about mind-altering drugs. Uh, For the Native American Indian, it would have been the peace pipe. And then I've been to other countries in uh, Africa, it would have been the loco weed. Uh, In India, they have various and sundry things that they take. But anybody that worships uh, other pagan gods, they will often ingest drugs Something that's mind-altering, that sedates the central nervous system. Included in that is alcohol. It's odd to me how many Christians think it's just wonderful to drink liquor. Well, I just hope you have a lot of self-control. I know it gets quiet in this Baptist church now. Because you don't realize what you're doing. You're sedating your central nervous system with a substance. A pharmacia. Alcohol is just the same, has the same effect. And you'll say things you didn't intend to say and you'll lower your standards. Anybody that's committed a violent act or a violent crime is usually either one of two things. They're, on, uh, they, they're under the influence of alcohol or they're under 
the influence of mind-altering substances, drugs, pharmacia. How many hear me? It's facts. Go do the research. You'll find out it's true. You know, you have a natural, listen to this, even humanity, just not even, people that don't even know the Lord. You kind of got this like natural built-in God resistance to a lot of things. But see, when you alter your central nervous system with these things, you allow things to come in that, that uh, should not be there. And, and, and then decisions that you would normally uh, uh, say no to, you, you say, well, maybe I ought to think about that. And many has been the person who I've talked to. There's things I can never say from this pulpit that people have told me they've done because it's so nasty. But usually when they do those things, they're under the influence of alcohol or under the influence of some kind of drug. So he said here, um, there shall not be found any among you who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, Molech, or who practices witchcraft. One side to witchcraft is uh, the person who wants to get involved in the spirit world. And there is a dark spirit world, just like there is the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there are angels. There's the Lord Jesus and there's God himself. In the dark side, there are demon spirits. There's the devil himself. There are demon spirits. There are fallen angels. Fallen angels are a bit different than demons, and I can't go into detail right now because I don't have time, and I hadn't planned to say any of this, but they're just different. But they operate in that realm. They have to have an open door into a human life. If you give yourself to sexual immorality, you open yourself up to demon power. So a lot of the suggestions and auto-suggestions that children have in school now to, 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 you know, test things, check things out. People don't realize they're opening themselves up to demon power when you get involved in drink, uh, smoking pot, hemp, cannabis sativi. Demon, somebody said, well, can't you do that? Well, you know, there might be a medicinal use to that, but I've been on the other side of that, and I can tell you right now it affects you and opens you up to demon power. Drugs. Mind-altering drugs open you up to demon power. And I'm telling you, if you don't resist that, it can hook onto you and you can't get loose until somebody else comes and helps you. How many hear what I just said? I know this is sobering, but we need to hear this. So he said, don't do anything. Don't practice witchcraft. And then with witchcraft, you know, people that get into the occult, they practice various kinds of spells and this and that. When I was a boy, I'm not proud of this. I went to my library at school and I found a book on spells. Yeah, that was way back in the 70s. I'm sure you can find it now. And I said, well, I'm gonna put a spell on people and stuff. And y'all, I had an attitude of melancholy when I was a teenager, par none. I was a loner. I could hardly get loose from these thoughts. And I didn't realize until I came to Jesus, when you mess with occult things and witchcraft, listen to what I'm saying, you become a marked person in the realm of the spirit. And demon spirits will hunt you out because there's a check mark marked by you. When they see, oh, there's a person that's opened themselves up. They're up to the, open to these suggestions. You look at this new age stuff, you look at other religions, and you go into Hinduism and Buddhism. Islam, 
any heathen religion. And you start studying that, listening to it, become an adherent of that demon spirits will accommodate you. That's not popular. I'm not trying to be popular. I just love you. And I want to help you. So it was one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer. Now there's a lot of people that do it various, various ways or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer. Now on Tuesday mornings, I'm here at five o'clock in the morning and I usually leave my house about 4.45 and I cut the FM radio on and there is a coast-to-coast radio program and he, all he does is examine the paranormal. And he has thousands of listeners, this man. I won't even give you his name. I won't do him the honor. But that tells me there's a lot of people in our culture that are interested in these kinds of phenomena. Now, my friends, our children are listening and watching. And they're looking for something that gives them a little bit of extra, you know, interest. You need to pray for your children to make sure they're not involved in these things. How many hear what I'm saying? Anyway, this radio program, he has all kinds of people, soothsayers. A soothsayer is a person who under the power of the devil prognosticates the future. When I was a little boy, we had a Ouija board. My parents bought me a Ouija board for Christmas in 1968. Yeah. And it scared the living snot out of me. I gotta be real. Because we put our hands on it and said, well, the other side's going to talk to us. My brother put his hands on one side. I put my hand on the other side. And you got this little thing and it goes over letters. And it spelled out things that freaked me out. Man, I got that thing and I never bothered it again. We had another one called Kreskin's ESP game. Y'all ever heard of that? Extra sensory perception. I know it's weird. But see, that was the rage in the late 1960s when I was a, a young kid. And I got a hold of that. My parents bought it for me for Christmas. Having said that, parents, you dumb as dirt unless you go examine what you're buying your children for Christmas. Hello? All the spooky-booky powers and stuff, leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Cars and trucks are good. In fact, I just bought four. You want to come to my house and play remote control cars? I just bought four more because we're going to have fun. I got all kinds of, I got helicopters, man. They fly through there. Woo-hoo, let's have fun. But you don't need the spooky mess because people don't realize demon spirits get a hold. We've got a whole bunch of children now. They don't realize demon powers. And you're wondering why suicide's up. You wonder why our children are having to take drugs. You wonder why there's an increase in, in uh, psychological problems with our children. It's because we've left God and his word and his ways alone. How many hear me? It's funny, I, even, I had no plans, y'all, to do this. Anyway, it says, you shall not be found among you those who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer. Forget about the cards or the tea leaves or anything else trying to tell you anything. And, and let me go a little step further here. If you look at the horoscope, rip it to shreds. When I was a little boy, I bought a horoscope book for the month I was born in because I wanted to know what the stars said about my day. Those stars have nothing to do with your day or your life. 
That's hell talking to you. That's devils talking to you. No, God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has mapped a plan for your life out. And you can find out about that plan by just reading, it, reading his word to you. And you'll find out what you should do, what you shouldn't do, who you should marry, who you shouldn't marry, what you should do with your money, what you shouldn't do with your money, who you ought to hang out with and who you shouldn't hang out with. And you don't need the horoscope. It's funny that I've even found believers, they go look at that horoscope every day. You are just dumb as dirt. I don't know what else to say. But it's funny, nobody will be talking about this stuff. Those who practice, practice witchcrafts or a soothsayer, one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. See, we even had seances as a kid. That's crazy, right? Oh, yeah, my friends and I, we get a little candle. We had a little plate corner in the plate. My dad gave me a little, had a little laboratory. I had a, I had a uh, chemistry set. Don't ask me what I did with the chemistry set. But I had a little room I played with there. I brought my friends in there, and, and we got a candle, put it on a pie pan, and lit that thing, and we smeared a little bit of smut on her face. And we said, okay, we want the spirit of grandma to come. When you do that, you know what happens to somebody that's dead? One of two places, they're either in, either in heaven or they are in hell. And if somebody mimics and you go up to somebody that says they can contact the dead because you're so sad because your brother died or your sister or your mother or your grandmother or your aunt, uncle, cousin, nephew, whatever, or friend, and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, for X amount of money, we can, uh, we can talk to you about your friend. When they do that, that's not your friend talking. That's demon spirits. Demon spirits that are mimicking them. All of my relatives, if they knew Jesus, they're in heaven and they can't contact you. Anybody I know that didn't know Jesus, they're in hell and have been there. Been there. Some of my friends have been there for a long time because I don't think they made Jesus, Lord. They've been in, in the fires of hell. They'll be in the lake one day, lake of fire. But see, they can't come and visit you. And anybody that tells you that's wrong, I don't, it's really odd that I'm spending all this time, but there's somebody in the room you're dabbling with this stuff and you got friends that are doing it. And I'm just telling you straight up, you need to stop. You will eventually, if you don't stop, will lose your mind. Everybody hear me? So be perceptive to your children if you have children. Be perceptive of your grandchildren if you have grandchildren. Pray for them. I mean, I pray and seek God for all of my grandchildren, my children, and you, because I love y'all. But if you'll do that, you'll keep the devil out of your life. He says, a one who conjures up spells, a medium, a spiritist. See, anybody that does that kind of stuff, there's demon spirits. People don't hang around after death. Absent from the body as a believer, you're present with the Lord, Right? Or as an unbeliever, absent from the body, present in hell. Let's get real. That's the way it is. For all who do those things are an abomination unto the Lord. How would you like to say the Lord come up to you and say, well, hi, you're an abomination to me. <laughs> or he says, well, you know, you're detestable to me. For all that do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. 
you shall be blameless before the Lord your God for these nations which you will dispossess. He's talking to the Old Testament people. Listen to soothsayers and diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed you such. Right? So anyway, let's just get on the positive side a second. I had planned to talk about the baptism with the Holy Spirit, but see in the atmosphere, in the atmosphere, there's people bound. Listen, the devil wants your thought life. Smith Wigglesworth said, the devil knows that if he can get your thought life, he's won a mighty victory over you. He said, I've come across many people who are bound by habits. And those habits have come because they have allowed their minds to be the place of his stronghold, Satan's stronghold. That's a direct quote from ever-increasing faith, Miss Smith Wigglesworth. I make notes of things I like in books and I keep records of them. And I've read that so many times, I remember it. Satan attacks two ways. He'll put a thought in your mind. Secondly, he puts a feeling in your body. That's the reason 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, be ever on your guard because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist. Be sober. The Greek word there, literally, it could be translated, be uh, mentally self-controlled. Then it says, be vigilant, or that could be translated, be ever on your guard. So, so what is it, what's the inference there? Satan has a one-way track into the human life, and it's through the mind. Two things, through the mind and through feelings, through the physical body. If you let your physical body loose and do anything it wants to do, it will lead you to hell. That's the reason the apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I keep under my body. He said, I make my body my slave, lest after I preach the gospel to others, I myself should be disqualified. So your body will take you where, where you can't get loose and can't get free. You got to discipline your body. Your body, have, that's why if you discipline your appetite, that's why fasting's a good thing because you tell the, I mean, one of the strongest desires is preservation of life. If you, you quit, if you quit eating, your belly's saying, feed me, feed me. You're saying, shut up, shut up. Well, if you can say shut up to the appetite, you can say shut up to sex. And you can say shut up to all these other things that are coming that people are telling you you can do. You say, well, I got problems, pastor. Man, my body's all out of control. Well, miss, miss breakfast in them. I just missed lunch today. Maybe I can help you. Want me to preach a long time? I'm joking. Or miss your evening meal, see? Just fast a little bit. Keep under your body. Satan comes with a mind thought and he comes with a feeling. So if you can learn not to live by your feelings, and most young people today, I found, live by their emotions. If everybody's not happy with them, they're not happy with themselves. And you know what? You know the truth is, it doesn't matter what people, other people think. The most important thing is what God thinks about you. God gave me the scripture because that's the way I was as a teenager. First Corinthians chapter four, verse three. I mean, I wrote that thing. I said, I'm gonna write this scripture to heaven. I got it when I was like 20 years old. It matters very little to me. This is J.B. Phillips translation. First Corinthians four, three. It matters very little to me what you or any man thinks of me. I don't even value my opinion of myself. I said, well, come on now. And it just kept, I kept reading that scripture. To, and you know what it's saying? I don't care what people think. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't even value what my mind tells me about myself. The only thing that matters is what God says about me, what his word says about me. When you start living that way, you get free. And I got free from all those inhibitions and all that desire to people please. People pleasing could send you straight to hell. Yes or no? 
So Satan comes two ways, the thought in your mind, the feeling in your body. That's the reason. And I've wrote my book, you know, um, Change Your Mind to Change Your Life. The last chapter, chapter five, it's just scripture on all kinds of different translations because, you know, if you'll just let the word get into your mind, then you can drive all the wrong thinking out. I had such wrong thinking when I came to the Lord. The enemy actually had a hold of me. And he made me feel melancholy a lot. I felt down, depressed, defeated, like I could never make it in life. And it's all a lie. Told me I was ugly, said, told me nobody liked me. I walk in a room, I don't care if there's 25 people in the room, my mind tells me that I, there's not one person in here that likes you. Just look at them. And he'd have me look at somebody and they had a sour face. Well, maybe they had a stomach ache. Or maybe they had a, or maybe they had a headache. Well, that person, look at it. They didn't even talk to you. They just walked right on by. Well, maybe they had a problem on their own. Doesn't mean it's because of me, but the devil had me convinced anywhere I was, nobody liked me. Everybody's against me. That is a lie. Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Hey. Bible says, I'm accepted in the beloved. Nobody loves you. Well, God accepts you. Right? Get the word in your mind. Get, I mean, I'm not trying to sell my book, but in my book, I, I got how many? I forgot how many there are. Y'all remember how many? 400 and something scripture? It's probably 400 and something, including all the different translations and stuff. Just, just, just get some of them and read them out loud. If you can change your thinking, you can change who you are. The enemy's after your thoughts. Baptism with the Holy Spirit is what I was going to talk about today, but I mean, I have run plumb out of time. Let me just tell you, the baptism with the Holy Spirit changed my life. I talked about it last week. First service, go get the the audio from first service or the video as well, because I got to teach, but this time the Holy Spirit fell on us. Is that okay? But I wanted to talk about the baptism with the Holy Spirit, because the baptism with the Holy Spirit will put you in a new... um, a new relationship with God that is so different, I can't describe. What I, what I mentioned first service, how about give Joshua a hand? I forgot you were still playing this. Need to put the organ on that thing and then when I make a point, go, won't, won't. I'm kidding, you know. I'm sorry, y'all. I forgot what I was, oh yeah. Uh, so, so the baptism with the Holy Spirit, when you come to Jesus, how many know the Holy Spirit's in you? But I made, I, I belabored the point, went over all the scripture in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, where the Bible talks about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say baptism. There's a relationship with the Holy Spirit that is different than just being born again to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Now, um, at about noon or so on September 12th, 1976, I gave my life back to Jesus. And I know the Holy Spirit entered my body. Now, if you are born again, how many know the Holy Spirit's in you? And if you're born again, you just got to figure it out this way. He's in your human body, in your spirit nature. And anything you do, you're taking him with you. The Corinthian people, they were having sex with everybody. And the apostle Paul said, what? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have from God, and you're not your own? He said, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Don't be doing that stuff because you take Jesus everywhere. You take the Holy Spirit everywhere you go, and he's involved in everything you do. You kissing same sex, and you say you're a Christian? Well, you think the Holy Spirit's going to like that? Hell, he's going to be grieved. You committing fornication, you think Jesus is going to be, no, no, he's going to be grieved. He's going to leave you and he say, oh, whoa, whoa, it's either me or that. I can't manifest with that. 
Yes or no? Holy Spirit, when he comes in you in the new birth, it's like water in this, uh, in this um, bottle. But see, if you take this bottle and put it in a tub of water, it's encapsulated with water. It's all around it. September 12, 1976, 7.20 p.m., when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, that was the experience I had. The next day, I went to work. I had to work. I, worked, I went to school. I was going to be an electronics engineer. I was going to college. And then, and then I worked a 40-hour week, so I was just nuts busy. So I got up the next morning and went to work. But here's the thing I noticed with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I used to have to try to think about Jesus. Now I couldn't keep my mind off of Jesus. And the first thing I noticed was, here's a person come down the aisle where I worked, and, and used to be I'd dress people down. They'd, they'd come across, I'd see a person, I'd say, oh, that person's got one eye's crooked. Their nose is crooked. They got a ward over here. Look at that big old mole over there or whatever. Find some, some negative thing about the person to dress them down in my eyes. And that was me before I knew Jesus. I was not a nice person. But after I made Jesus, Lord, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. The next day I'm at work. Here's a person comes down my aisle and no kidding. The first time I saw them, the first time I laid, and this is the first time it ever happened in my life. Instead of looking for something negative on them, I'm not kidding. I laid eyes on them and here's what I heard. There's a person I deeply love. Where? Where? Right there. The Holy Spirit spoke up in me. See, God loves you. He doesn't care what you're like on the outside. He doesn't care what you look like. He doesn't care what race you are. It, 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 goes, it goes cross grain of prejudice. How many hear me? God so loved the world. That means red, yellow, black, white. It don't matter. He loves everybody. All are precious in his sight. How many hear me? And every time I'd see a person, I kept seeing, well, look at there. And I keep hearing inside, there's a person I deeply love. And I found out that God so loved the world that he loves everybody the same. Isn't that good news? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. I found out, I found out when I was working, the people where I worked, they would, they would pick on our boss because he, he was a big old guy and they called him Bulldog because he kind of looked like a big bulldog. Just a huge guy. I had big jaws. I mean, he was huge. And the kids, I worked with a bunch of kids. We're all, you know, college age. And they're picking. You know how you guys, you guys pick, right? Yeah. Do y'all pick? Well, they called him Bulldog. And I, when I'd look at Bulldog, I would even hear, well, you know, I love Bulldog. And you know what I saw? He was such an angry man. He treated us. In my view, he did treat us bad. And if somebody did it wrong, he was fussing them out and just saying all kind of outlandish things. You know what? I saw through that and there was a need in his life. There was a deficit in his life. And he was using a little bit of authority he had at the grocery store just to pound it into his employees because there was a deficit in his life. If, you, if you've got some authority and you've got to wield it, you've got a problem. And I found, and, and so I would just see people, but I found out, you know, the Holy Spirit came in me in fullness I worked, and, and here's, what I, here's what I kept hearing. Work as though you work for Jesus. Work as unto the Lord, not to men. He said, because the Lord will reward you. So I, it changed how I work. It changed how I related to people. It changed what I thought about people. The baptism with the Holy Spirit, what does it do? It makes the word alive inside of you. It makes the presence of God alive inside of you. And I can't encourage you enough. Get in line with that experience and ask God for the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I don't have time today. Go back and listen to first service. There are four times in the book of Acts at, uh, where God baptized people who were already born again into the Holy Spirit. Let me say the word baptism. Everybody say baptize. 
Baptized just doesn't mean water. Baptized means to, the word actually means immerse. So a person that's baptized in water is baptized in water, but a person baptized with the Holy Spirit is immersed in the Holy Spirit. And many of you this weekend got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Is that true? Walk in the light of that experience. If you're here and you haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, cry out for it, ask God for it, and probably next Sunday, we're going to go there again. I have a whole lot to say. But there are, see, there's a, there's a challenge. There's a press. There's God and there's the devil. There are demon spirits and there's the angelic host. There's God the Father and God sitting on the throne. And there's Jesus. And they're both, they're both you know, at a warfare with each other. The kingdom of God is expanding on the earth. The kingdom of God in our day is producing judgments. That's the reason you'll see more frequent earthquakes, volcanoes. You'll see more frequent crazy storms that bring a deluge of water and destruction. All of these things are set in motion because this is, we're going into a time of judgment and the kingdom of God is expanding. And when the presence of God hits darkness, the darkness gives and it explodes in judgment. That's why you want Jesus in your life because he frees you from judgment. We're going from a day of grace into a day of judgment just before Jesus comes back. God promised to pour his spirit out on all flesh during, just before Jesus comes back. How many think we're just in the middle of that right now? I want to encourage you that we are. You come back next week and I'm gonna pray with you to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit in mass. I would do it today, but the atmosphere was different and I had to go a completely different direction. The direction today is this, walk with God and shun the things that you know are wrong. And if you've got friends that are telling you to do things that you know are wrong, if you listen to them, listen, it could eventually cost you your life. My best friend in the world, I knew him at age three, went to church with me. Did you know he took his life at age 39? He's my age. The guy that led us into drug addiction, drug smoking pot and doing drugs and stuff, his name was, I won't give you his full name, his first name was Dan. Uh, he ended up going to prison for I don't know how long, a long time. The last time I saw him, I was in the neighborhood I was raised in and I was taking my mother somewhere and there he was and I said, I got to stop. I stopped my vehicle in his driveway. I don't have hair, but I did when he knew me. I had hair down to my shoulders in ringlets. And I got out of the car and he said, you know who I am? I know, right? He said, I said, do you know who I am? He said, huh? He's sitting on his front porch. His name was Dan. He's the guy that led me into drug activity as a teen. I said, you know who I am? He said, huh? I said, I'm Mitch Horton. He said, you're joking because I don't have any hair. He said, I said, no. And you know, I talked to him for a few minutes and he was living with mom and daddy because he got in some really bad trouble with drugs never could overcome, never made anything of his life. Never had anything. And here just a couple of years ago, he died. Never lived out his full life. Now, I could talk to you about those kinds of things. They got several friends. In fact, it's really strange. I don't know any friend that I did drugs with and went the wrong way with that are alive right now. That's sad. See how sad that is? To, that's very sad to me. But you know what? I'm going to live a long time. I'm still a young man. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to figure out if I want to go in my late 80s or 90s. I think I'm going to go on into my 90s if Jesus doesn't come out. You going to blaze the trail for me? Come on. 
because I plan on having an active physical body. But you know what? God's good. All I'm saying is God is good. The devil will eat your lunch. You've got to watch who you hang out with. You've got to watch what you think about. Watch what you do. Watch you, what you do with your time. Watch what you watch on videos and what you see on Facebook because it's a bunch of junk. How many hear me? For me, when I came to Jesus, I made sure I read the Bible, I read books, I read spiritual books, I read spiritual things, and I wouldn't read anything that would bring negativity into my life. And there's some friends I had to cut off. And you guys, you had an experience with Jesus. I was on my bike. I rode 21 miles on the trail yesterday. I rode my bicycle. Can I talk to them? Is that okay? I like y'all. Um, but I was listening to an audio book. I have two... Um, two devices in my ears and I was reading R.A. Torrey's book and he was talking about how to stay full of God and he made a comment and he made a statement in the book he said you and, he, and it's, for, it's strange that I'm even saying this I had no idea I would he said as I was writing I was probably on about mile eight I remember where I was on the trail when he said it he said you may have a deep experience with God and God may move in your life in a dramatic way he said, those things are good, but you can't keep them unless you stay in the Word, get in the Bible, read the Bible, and pray on a regular basis. And then he said, because it's what you do every day that takes you into your future. So you guys, many of you had a fresh experience with Jesus this weekend. I think that's awesome. That, that won't stay. It'll leak right out of you get, unless you read your Bible, unless you pray. When I was a young man, God dealt with me to get up every day, read my Bible slowly, and then pray. And I had a reading plan, and I can help you with that if you need it. But then I prayed every day. Every morning, that's the first thing I did. Get me a cup of coffee, and I go somewhere and read and pray. If you'll do that, whatever God did in you this weekend, you'll keep it. Because we all have a leaking problem, and you can go hip, hip, hooray, and, and dance the jig, and it won't make a bit of difference before the Lord. And it won't make a bit of difference if you don't keep it. So David's going to help you keep it. Is that true? Lord. And you know that goes for the rest of us. You could have had an experience with God yesterday. That's not good enough for today. We need to get up every day and have time with Jesus. If you're not baptized with the Holy Ghost, y'all, I can't. I'd like to spend another hour, but y'all would not like me. Uh, whether you like me or not, I'm, I got to do what's right. And some of you may have people waiting. Some of you going to the fair. I get all that stuff. So stand up on your feet. I'm done. I'm finished. Did y'all get anything out of this? It feels like a rambled. But did y'all really get something out of that? Really, it's, it's a strangest day I've ever been in my life. It's really important to be sold out to Jesus. People that are religious and just go to church on Sundays are not going to survive. How many heard what I just said? It's got to be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday event in your life. Jesus has to be. So I just can't encourage you enough. So uh, just close, cut the lights down like you did first service. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll go some places. Next Sunday, come back because i got a lot to say I didn't get to say today. So just close your eyes a minute. Lord, thank you for your presence, your word, your spirit. Ah, all of us feel the pressure of the day. <laughs> Lord, I, I just want to thank you with my heart that Jesus has given us authority over demonic forces. We have authority over those entities that want us to commit suicide or hurt ourselves or cut ourselves. There are people in the room, you're cutting yourself. You know why you're cutting yourself? You got angst, you got pressure. If you don't give yourself, yourself to Jesus, you'll do outlandish things to try to absolve the pressures.
Hmm. So, Lord, I just want to thank you for every one of us that, Lord, you've placed in us an ability to know you, to accept Jesus, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I ask you for every person here, may we have a longing for God that's stronger than it's ever been. Let, let that be in me. Let there be a hunger for you. I've read your word so many times. But Lord, let it be in me. Every time I read it like it's the first time. Lord, every time I pray, let it become like it's the first time. Let it be first love. Lord, those whose hearts have become crusty towards you because they're just so satisfied, make us dissatisfied. Give us a heart that longs for you and wants you. Help us not to yield to the distractions of the time because things are changing rapidly. And what we yield to now is what will dominate us. Let us be ruled by you, not dominated, ruled by your love compelled by your love. 